Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I was lucky enough for... Uh, to PwC to, to, I guess, look look beyond my grades and see me for a human um, that, that I was, um, that I am, um, with, you know, life experience. I've been travelling and, you know, had these uh, illnesses and overcome them and, and still got to where I was. Um, and, you know, still still there, sort of, you know, really, really wanting to push ahead with a, with a good career. Um, and PwC is the, the first stop. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we're speaking with John Russell, financial advisor and property investor. He delves into all he's packed into his young life so far, the good, the bad and the settlement of over $100 million in property. While he's forged ahead in his property career in leaps and bounds, his inspiring tales don't end there. Russell bounced around literally between different careers before settling on property. I come from probably a non-traditional background uh, for property. So I come from an accounting background um, with a Bachelor of Business in Accounting. I actually worked for PricewaterhouseCoopers um, straight out of uni uh, and then got uh, got involved in uh, financial controller type, type work um, for, for fully trampolines. I'm not sure whether you've heard of fully trampolines before. Big uh, trampoline company. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and from there, I actually wanted a bit of a change of scenery. I, I had some, some health issues and all that sort of stuff. Um, had some brain surgery, so I wanted a change of scenery and got into residential real estate, um, which is, which is great. Um, so that, that sort of went on for about three years. And then I really wanted to, you know, round back and, uh, and utilize my residential real estate experience along with uh, my, I guess, accounting background and that led me to financial planning. I was uh, an, an advisor for about three or four years and, um, you know, just sort of, I guess, not so recently but recently enough, uh, made the full decision to to really, to really, I guess, uh, focus on property as an investment class. When he's not in the office for a client meeting, he typically spends his days out on property sites. So I'll be meeting with property aggregators, uh, developers, seeing new stock, seeing future stock uh, to the market, um, you know, online using research tools. Um, uh, if I've got client appointments, I'm in the office uh, preparing research packs uh, for them, uh, property presentations for them, um, and, and and really doing the, the financial analysis and research behind those properties. 
so that's that's probably in 60 seconds. Um, so it really depends on whether I've got a client appointment or if I don't have a client appointment. Let's lead into your story and get to know you personally. Share some interesting facts about your past. Firstly, where did you grow up? Yes, I was born in Canberra. Um, don't hold that against me. Um, <laughs> I moved to, I love, loved all the Canberrans uh, out there. Um, I moved to Brisbane when I was uh, five uh, and started to grade one up here um, and lived in Carindale, um, a suburb on, on the south of Brisbane. Um, and uh, yeah, spent the last 30 years of my life up here, which has been, uh, which has been great. It was actually my father who had, uh, he had got a really lucrative sort of uh, contract uh, offer uh, in his sort of space uh, where he works uh, in IT development uh, to come up and, uh, and, and work up, up in Brisbane. So it worked out well. Life has thrown him a loop for several times, but each time he overcomes his challenges to come back stronger than ever. So I would have started primary school in 1994 at Belmont State School. Um, it's a nice little school, quite well, quite well known. A few, few Olympians and that has, has, uh, has gone there from memory. Um, and then from there, I started at uh, the Anglican Church Grammar School, or Churchy, um, as, as it's better known, uh, in grade eight, and went through uh, all the way through to grade twelve, and then uh, the following year, I I was at QUT, so the Queensland University of Technology, uh, and studying semi hard there, I guess. <laughs> um, so I studied a bachelor of business in accounting. Uh, the experience is really good. I, I did love the unit. I um, I got diagnosed with cancer when I was 19, so it was my my first year out, um, actually, of, of high school, uh, first year at uni. Uh, so I, I sort of I was in and out of hospital uh, for uh, chemo and and whatnot for the majority of that uh, that year, uh, and didn't really go back full-time uh, until the second year. So it did take me a little bit longer to finish. So it took four years uh, for me in, in the end to finish a, a three-year degree, but got there in the end. That's amazing to be able to hear in a, an inspiring story, you know, especially going through that. That must have been a, such a tough, tough time for you, especially at a young age of 19. So what what was happening during that time? Because the whole year, you know, to go through chemo, to, to treat the cancer and so forth, what was going through your head? Because um, yeah, it would have been quite a, a challenge, I'd say. I reflect on it occasionally uh, with with my wife, and it, it's one of those things that uh, you know. Looking back now on it, I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that I don't have to do it now. <laughs> um, but back back then, living at home, it, it seemed it seemed like a you know just it was it was a roadblock. Um, if, if that makes sense, it's sort of just something that I needed to, to get through. Um, I, I was pretty focused uh, on basketball and sort of due to, due to you know, really, I guess, you know, do other things uh, in, in, in and around basketball. Uh, it was sort of the height of my uh, height of my career and that sort of uh, put a nice big uh, halt to that. Um, so yeah, it really put things into into perspective uh, for me, particularly particularly around you know 
the importance of family and friends and uh, having having a, a support network around you, um, which has uh, stuck with me uh, all this all this while. Yeah, that's so important. How did you find out that you had cancer, if I may ask? I woke up one Saturday morning. I, I was still living at my parents' um, home at that point. I woke up and I felt this massive, massive tumor in my neck, actually. Um, and it happened happened pretty quick. Uh, it was, the tumor is five by three centimeters. So uh, if, if anyone out there is sort of if they know enough about cancer and tumors, I know that uh, that's a pretty large, uh, large tumor, particularly to have in your neck. Uh, so it sort of stuck out like a you know, second head type thing. <laughs> um, so I noticed that pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, funnily enough, it took quite a while to diagnose exactly what it was. Um, ended up ended up uh, with the diagnosis of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, Technically, it's called diffuse large B-cell non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is the curable kind. It's fast enough uh, growing for chemotherapy to, to work. So that was, um, it was, I guess, a bit of a, a bit of a shining light, I guess, uh, in, in all of it was that it was curable. Uh, so, you, you know, you can reflect back on things and, that's one thing that I'm always grateful for is that I can reflect back and just think, hey, it could have been a lot worse. Wow, that's that's crazy. So I guess, um, w- w- did you notice that before that day on the Saturday or did it just all suddenly just pop up? Um, no, I, that was that Saturday morning. I went downstairs. I, I sort of remember uh, feeling it and I, you know, I just uh, went up to went up to my sister in law at the time and um, I said, What do you think? And showed my dad and said, What do you think? And he said, you need to go see a doctor. <laughs> so I pretty much booked in uh, booked in straight away and next thing you know I was there. Wow, wow. So that was a life changing moment that everything just completely changed into you know, the focus to try and get, get that out as quick as possible. I actually grew up with Tourette syndrome. So um, having having that there, it was honestly a bit of a punch in the face. But um, <laughs> I, I thought I'd had my sort of uh, fair share of medical stuff. But look, it, it it worked out. And at the end of the day, I'm I'm no more likely to to get that sort of uh, type of cancer than anyone else is. After taking some time to recover and reflect. He was accepted into a prestigious graduate program at Price Waterhouse Coopers. It's a pretty intensive sort of graduate program that I was in, um, and that that sort of it really reaffirmed that I I didn't really enjoy um, tax. <laughs> um, I I certainly know a lot about tax, and I know uh, I know what to do, and you know all that sort of stuff, and I know how to help clients um, when it comes to tax, but. Did I want to be doing tax returns for the rest of my life uh, or financial statements? No, absolutely not. Um, but it was a it was a great introduction to learning the uh, uh, the ins and outs of, of business and and of personal wealth as well. I was lucky enough for uh, for PwC to to I guess look look beyond my grades and see me for a human um, that that I was. Um, 
that I am uh, with you know life experience. I've been traveling and you know had these uh, illnesses and overcome them and, and still got to where I was. Um, and you know still still there, sort of you know really really wanting to push ahead with a with a good career. Um, and PwC is the, the first stop. I basically. Uh, and basically wanted to utilize that experience to to and like like you said it is one of those sort of sought after type um type programs so i think coming out of that you do have quite a few commercial accounting opportunities available to that that seems to be the uh you know the the case when people you know sort of duck out from big four accounting firms um, so I, I had the opportunity to, to, to start with Vully just as an accountant initially, um, and yeah, worked uh, worked my way up there uh, pretty quickly, um, which was which was really fun, really really stressful, and uh, yeah, I probably put on about twenty kilos that I shouldn't have uh, at that time, which I've since lost. Gosh, so that experience working in accounting, what were you doing there? So I went from doing doing tax returns, obviously, uh, for individuals and companies and trusts to really, I guess, to managing managing budgets uh, and and forecasts for a, a startup, you know, company at that point. This this is a long time ago, seven odd years ago, eight years ago. Um, and really managing that side of things for a company that went from you know twenty million dollars, you know, turnover a year to about a hundred million while I was there. So it was uh, it was certainly stressful, um, but I got insight into seeing you know a startup company. I got insight into you know the, how companies really work and how they grow. Uh, it's been it was it was a really really uh, learning uh, filled time in, in my life in terms of uh, the the real life knowledge that, that you you can really get. Uh, there's only so much books can teach you, um, and and that that was that was like they say getting thrown in the deep end is the only way to learn. That was getting thrown in the middle of the Pacific with no life vest or anything it was yeah definitely sink or swim russell can only describe woolley's ceo as having a ridiculous drive and leadership ability uh, while he you know might be years and years younger than you know what steve jobs would have been now he's He's someone with that sort of drive and that sort of creativity and that sort of leadership ability. Um, you either sort of love him or hate him type thing. Um, and, you know, I, I really sort of learnt, learnt a lot from him. Um, it was, it, it wasn't that, it wasn't that um, he necessarily asked questions and expected you to sort of, Come up with, uh, you know, come up with the goods on the spot or anything like that. It was some of the some of the tasks that he asked you to do. Yeah, you know, frankly, you know, next to impossible. But you couldn't say no because there's always there's always a way. Um, there's always a, a way around these things. Um, it's just about sitting down and figuring it out. 
Uh, so he did. He did instill patience into me, um, which is which is great. And probably the other the other thing is um, with, with a with a business startup, whatever established, whatever it is, cash flow is king. Um, you know, running running a hundred to two hundred thousand dollar a day sort of cash flows in and out. Um, a, on a shoestring budget, really, at that point, um, was pretty uh, pretty intimidating. But also, it, um, it it made you pretty patient, but also aware of um, you know, you're forced to be aware of what's going on. Wow. So, tell us a little bit about that business. Like, what exactly did the business offer in terms of its products and services? Voli uh, is well known for its uh, spring free type trampolines um, and their sort of home uh, home like outdoorsy sort of uh, playground stuff so uh, my, my my brother and sister and more have a fully trampoline out the back with a you know basketball ring installed uh, and all that sort of stuff so yeah, you can put up tents and camp in them in the backyard um, they're, they're certainly very popular very popular in uh, in in Queensland, that's for sure. It's been a, um, I think, a, a long journey for Joe and their team. I obviously left a, a long time ago now, um, but the yeah, the the company has has grown and morphed and changed uh, along the way, which is uh, it's been great to great to see. After eighteen months at Vully, he took stock of his life and realized there was one more thing he needed to check off his to do list. I actually. Actually decided um, again. I hopefully don't want to stay on the medical side of things for too long, but uh, I decided to get, um, I guess, corrective surgery for my Tourette's so I had brain surgery, um, which is called deep brain stimulation. Um, so that has essentially fixed my Tourette's, um, which is great, uh, and I needed some time off. Um, you know, for that, so I basically basically uh, came to an agreement with um, yeah with, with Joe that I'd, I'd finish up, and um, after that, um, I obviously have a recovery period from surgery, and then I decided after that that I just wanted something completely different, uh, you know, in my life in terms of uh, in terms of you know my future, where I was going, and all that sort of stuff, climbing a corporate ladder, um, you know, and and whatnot inside a firm with an accounting base, and that being my base wasn't wasn't necessarily something that you know I, I felt like was going to be my passion um, moving forward. And I I don't I don't use the word passion uh, lightly. Uh, I definitely I definitely am in this in this position now uh, because I do have a, a big passion for property. Once Russell discovered property was what he wanted to do in his life, he didn't hold back. He signed up to attend a careers night at LJ Hooker and the rest, as they say, is history. At that point, I decided I'd, I'd, I'd wanted to, um, to you know, get into real estate and, and see, you know, try my hand at it, try my luck. Um, and from there, uh, I, you know, I was forced to hop up and you know, talk about myself and all the usual sorts of things that they get get you to do on careers nights and all that sort of stuff. Um, and one of the sales uh, executives 
he came up to me and he, he was from Sydney at the time and he said, mate, I reckon you'll kill it. Um, you know, let's let's get you started. You know, when, when can you start sort of thing? And I said, uh, yeah, whenever. <laughs> I had to I had to do my uh, do my real estate you know, course at that point. It was the uh, just a salesperson certificate. Obviously, a licensed agent now, but um, yeah, did the salesperson certificate and got started. Uh, got started listing and, and selling, um, which was which was great. After that, he searched for a real estate mentor and found one in Deborah Evans, the principal and number four all time for Remax. She was fantastic. So she sort of really taught me the ropes uh, in and around property. I felt very confident after after sort of spending a bit of time with her that I was I was very good on the property side of things. Um, but I, I got to the point where I, I really I really wanted to utilize my my knowledge in, in its full sort of uh, full breadth. Um, so I ended up. Uh, Literally, just for for not for wouldn't call it for fun, um, but for a purpose. I studied uh, my diploma of financial planning, um, and I knocked that off in a couple of weeks. I enrolled at um, uh, sorry, I applied for a job at Spring Financial Group at the time. They're a listed uh, financial advice company, um, and that. Their their advice was heavily uh, heavily based on on property um, as, as as well. Uh, so you know self managed super funds, um, personal investment advice, all that sort of stuff. So um, from 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 my point of view, it was a great fit. I understood people's finances, I understood wealth like nothing else, and I also understood real estate and the value of of, of good good real estate. So. It, it came together. I got that job. That was a pretty sought-after role at the time as well uh, to, to to land that job um, up here. So it was good. Um, went to Sydney for a bit uh, for for training. I think I was there for a month and came back up to to work in the office uh, up here. And I was probably uh, there for a couple of years. After seeing so many amazing properties daily. He found one that was perfect for him, and in true Russell style, he went straight for it. Doing the numbers myself um, on all of all of these all these amazing properties that you know that we do um, we do sell to, to clients. Um, I you know I, I found one myself that I, I loved, um, and yeah, Doug had first. I'd been through the process so many times with with you know clients. Uh, uh, at that point, but I sort of knew what to expect. So it was very different to uh, very different to someone fresh faced, um, you know, coming into it uh, for the first time. I knew what to expect. I knew there was conveyancing ways. I knew that there was you know, this and that, and I, I sort of knew the process. Um, so you know, to to be able to to um, utilise that, um, I. I think it really took the pressure off. That first property he purchased was a unit in Brisbane. Since then, he's become a rent investor and he and his wife was looking to buy a home together in the same region. At this point, it's different because it's not about the numbers, it's it's about the future. So, we want to think, you know, 
what what are we going to do? Um, you know, long term, uh, we're going to we're going to sit here for for five years, ten years, twenty years. We've really thought about it for a long time, and we want that that thirty year um, you know thirty year journey uh, for something that we can you know grow in and out of. Um, yeah, if we decide to have children and, and beyond, all that sort of stuff. His one big lesson he wants to teach is one every young person needs to hear. Probably for me and for everyone out there, I, I, I mentioned this recently um, uh, to, to someone else. I, I, I personally think credit card debt is the devil. Um, <laughs> So people nowadays, I, I, I can see, you know, use Afterpay and ZipPay and those sort of tools and, and whatnot. I, I get that. I understand um, they you know, the reality in today's world. Um, I, I just think these days, living within your means is it can be a little bit difficult because we live in this age where Instagrams are ting and people want to be. You know, they they want photos with a, a Corona at the nicest bar in town. Um, you know that that Corona comes at a price, and I think the the mistakes that you've got to um, you know look at is you, know, you 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 are always making a trade off. There's always a sacrifice in terms of what you're doing. If you're going out and having a good time, if you're you know, spending a, a heap of money on nice clothes, uh, nice cars, uh, things like that. There's always going to be a, a trade-off, and that's that's going to be uh, that's typically going to be the trade-off between getting into some uh, a property earlier or later. Um, you know, and the the consequence there obviously is getting into a property earlier that appreciates in value um, and. Typically, if you can get in earlier, you get in at a, a lower price point as well. Um, you know, so you've got all these uh, factors at play uh, that really, really, I guess, push push you in this direction. You go, well, you know, I've got a life. I know everyone has to live, uh, but sometimes you have to put your your sensible cap on and and go. You know this this pay. I'm I'm going to save ten percent. So I'm a I'm a big I'm a big believer in you know the the superannuation system, obviously. Um, but I'm also a big believer in in saving at least ten percent of your salary, um, ten to twenty percent of your salary, uh, or you know your earnings, profits, whatever it might be, um, to to put aside in, into a kitty and have that stashed away for growth purposes um, to invest either in property, whatever it is you know you're going to do, it's just going to be used to um, to to grow your wealth over time. Russell has a series of aha moments rather than just one, but they all stem from the same place. Just the feedback um, that I've I've gotten uh, from from my clients. Having them sit in front of me and say a couple of things um, has has really just been eye-opening and something that something that's really made me believe in you know what I do uh, and believe in 
in property as an investment vehicle. And it's twofold. Um, one, one was actually a doctor. Um, they said, they said to me, it, it's funny, you probably, um, you probably get complimented all the time for helping people, you know, grow their wealth, but you never actually get complimented for, um, I guess, stopping people from making mistakes. Um, that, that was a very good compliment. Um, and it, it's very true. Look, we, we get compliments all the time on helping people into the market, whatever it might, may be. Um, but, you know, because they never make the mistake of getting the wrong property after they, you know, do get educated around, um, around the do's and don'ts, they sort of then go, oh, okay. <laughs> um, you know, they, they, no one thinks to thank, um, thank us for, um, the, the, the times where they could have very easily made mistakes. But, um, this, this particular client was, um, was well in tune with uh, what they were about to do um, and thank you for it. So that that was, uh, I guess, a, a bit of a mind-altering moment. And also um, a phone call I had recently with another client um, where, where he sort of turned around to me and said, look, everything, everything that you have told me um, and everything that you've said, I have to say, has turned out better um, than what you said and what we could have imagined. Um, so that that was also a huge compliment and a huge compliment to you know the the work that I put in, the effort that I put in as well uh, to my role. That someone saying not only did I do my job, but um, you know it, it's it's better than it's better than just um, you know the the numbers that I, I showed to them or the photos that I showed to them, um, it, it actually affects, you know, real life, you know, real life people, uh, which is, which is great. There's one strategy that he relies on the most and it's one you'll know well. There's quite a few, obviously, strategies you can put into play um, and definitely, you know, definitely uh, looking at it through, I guess, uh, through the most simplistic eyes, I guess uh, is the best way to put it, is that the education around growth over yield um, is a very interesting conversation to have with clients, um, and something that I feel like there's there's not an enormous amount of education around that, um, and probably not enough. Um, you know the. I always say to to my clients is in terms of a good property, but between a good and a bad property, there might be a couple of grand uh, difference in terms of yield um, per year. Um, in terms of growth, if you're looking over a you know a twenty year period, you might be looking at half a million dollars difference. Uh, do you know what I mean? So it's 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 really Really, really vitally important to look at to look at the areas in which you're buying because we all know location, location, location. It's going to deliver up to eighty percent of your returns. Um, so, not necessarily the the product type um, that we're looking at. It's it's the suburb. Uh, the suburb does the heavy lifting when it comes to investments. And look, we can't we can't do anything where we're, we're beholden to the market 
uh, as as um, you know stockbrokers are with shares, we're beholden to the market when it comes to property. We can only um, put our best foot first when it comes to the research that we have, um, and yeah, really focus on focus on growth properties uh, for for my clients. Anyway, I, I deal a lot with wealth accumulators, so people in their you know, 30s, 40s, in uh, early 50s. Um, you know, they're, they're people that that want to grow their wealth over that 10, 15, 20, 30 year period, um, and they do that the best way uh, through focusing on a growth asset um, and knocking off the debt at the end um, when their their tax brackets lower. Um, you know, yeah, through retirement and all, all that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of different strategies clearly uh, in, in there uh, to think of. Uh, but the main thing is the main thing is focusing on growth properties. Well, let's jump into the mindset side of things. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about your reasoning behind why you jumped into property because as you said, um, there's so many different asset classes like shares and businesses and so forth but why particularly property and how does that benefit you as well? In terms of property, I mean, look, we we do this with, with our clients. Uh, the the oh, it's, it's really interesting when you're, when you're sitting in front of clients and I'm sure people... I'm sure you've done this. I'm sure people listening have, have actually had this conversation before. Uh, but to to be quite, you know, quite frank, quite simplistic about it, you've got you've got a few options. You know, you can do nothing. Um, <laughs> you can invest in shares, or you can invest in property. Um, in terms of investing in property. I, I feel comfortable gearing, so borrowing money to invest into property because there's no margin call attached to um, to my investment. My clients share that view, um, obviously. Otherwise, they 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 wouldn't they wouldn't be here. So for you know for, for me, things like negative gearing, obviously borrowing um, to invest, um, utilizing equity, uh, all that sort of stuff plays a big part in. Uh, in creating a, a growth asset and getting greater leverage to uh, a greater chunk of um, of asset class, if you will, um, yeah, that's that's only really possible um, considering the risk factors uh, with property. Um, so, to, to me, it's a bit of a no-brainer um, for any wealth accumulator out there. I think it's a very good. Um, you know, starting point is to 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 invest in property and have that be your have that be your leverage point um, in in the market and um, and forward forward. I believe in pure diversification, so I'm not just pre- preaching property. Um, I believe that there is certainly a place for for shares. Um, do I like to give that advice? Look, I I can I can if I want, <laughs> but I'm more focused on on um, on the property side of things. Russell has had many mentors and influences over the years. He's been in both property and finance. There's a few people at Plus Waterhouse Coopers um, that that helped me along. A few other you know, directors and partners there. Um, uh, going you know, working for Deborah, that was um, through Remax. That was 
that was an experience um, as well. And um, since since I've been in financial advice, or you know, I guess moving into a, a financial advisor role at Nexus after spring, um, I had the opportunity to work with uh, Steve Sidnevik, uh, who's who's uh, I guess involved heavily with National Property Advisory as well, uh, founding partner. Um, there, so he has been a massive influence on, I guess, my uh, my my property philosophy, my comfortability uh, around um, property investment, um, and probably not necessarily the way I deal with clients. Um, that's it's very very much me. I've got my own sort of unique way of how I how I deal with clients. Uh, but but certainly um, certainly being able to explain explain things in a clear and concise manner um, it's something that I think I while I was a, a decent communicator previously um, certainly I've learned a lot from Steve when it comes to uh, communicating something very well and very um, uh, Definitely, I guess, um, to, uh, to to clients so that they understand clear, clearly uh, exactly what um, I'm talking about. A big fan of Audible, Russell is slowly but surely getting back into reading physical books as well. The two books I'm reading at the moment, um, one is Shoe Dog by uh, Phil Knight. It's the, the Nike story. The memoir, uh, which is which is pretty good. It's a it's a book about you know entrepreneurial spirit and and all that sort of stuff. And the other one's by Robert Iger called The Ride of a Lifetime, and that's the CEO of the, the Disney company. Um, and that that's all around you know working your way up, working hard for a business, um, and really really focusing on. Yeah, the company putting it first uh, and making sure you're just good at your job, um, and you know no one can sort of point to you and go, "Hey, you, you know, didn't do this, didn't do that," sort of thing. Um, so they're the two that I'm reading at the moment. But look, there's a heap of other ones like Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. I loved uh, all the Zig Ziglar uh, stuff uh, about sales. Uh, they're great, um, and. Uh, one of my favourite books, actually, uh, is, is called Range. That's uh, by David Epstein. Um, it's uh, it's great. It, it's all around. Um, it, it's not property specific um, uh, at all, actually, um, but it's it's around the idea of um, the idea of those those people who grow up as you know prodigies in sport who focus purely on one sport tennis players for instance um, or you know basketballers or whatnot um, they you know just do one thing uh, as opposed to uh, those who try try to hand it a heap of different things um, so Roger Federer is an example of that he um, he played soccer he played basketball his mum was a tennis coach so he ended up playing tennis but she tried to Push him out of tennis, actually, and into soccer. So he learnt by he learnt tennis by basically being better at other things. Um, and I, 
I the reason why I think I, I like it so much is I I do look at myself in a similar way, probably not to Roger Federer's standard, um, <laughs> uh, but certainly in terms of his uh, his his ability to to learn different different um, different things and being able to then apply them uh, to to the one thing, uh, you know, and and be be the best at it. While he's generally against the idea of deciding on your life path at 16 or 17 years old, the best piece of advice he's received was regarding university studies. My father said to me, look, do, do accounting. It'll open up so many doors um, and it has. It's opened up a heap of doors. Um, working for PwC, uh, being able to then, you know, I guess in in one way or another, I guess, help run a $100 million a year turnover company um, at 23. Uh, it, you know, it helped me understand real estate, helped me understand the ins and outs of real estate. It guided me through financial planning um, because I, I just, I understood that everything, everything has to, it's a, I hate to say it, it sounds like a, a but a quote or something like that, but uh, everything has to balance. You know? it, it, everything everything comes down to balance, whether it's whether it's investments, whether it's health relationships. It's all off one tree, in my opinion. Um, and you know, you've got to always find that balance. And that's 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 a good thing that accounting teaches you. It's that um, you know there's there's a balance sheet for a reason. And if you can read a balance sheet, you can read a business. If you understand that, I think if you can apply that to other areas of your life, um, you'll be very successful. Russell credits success in part due to his inability to sit still in any area of his life. That probably comes from my uh, Tourette's, I'd say, as, as a kid. Um, I couldn't sit still anyway. Um, and... These days, I just find it hard to sit around and not do anything. I, I I love to get out and walk. You know, I love to go for a walk with the dog, go for a run with my wife. I play basketball a couple of times a week. I stay busy at work. Um, keep keep very active, and you know, just just really, just I guess a I guess insatiable thirst to want more um is is why i keep moving um so and it probably also stems from you know all, all the health sort of stuff is is that you know you in life you you can do one of two things you can move forward or you know you can sit still um and like i said before i just can't sit still if say you met yourself 10 years ago what do you think you would have said to him uh it'll all be okay <laughs> <laughs> um, I I love uh, another book I love by the way is uh, the Steve Jobs book um, and the whole the whole idea of you know uh, he he talks about in his Stanford commencement speech um, that you can't connect the dots looking forward you can only connect the dots looking back is I think just so so valuable um you know and the idea and bob Iger actually touches on this in his book as well the the idea 
you know, moving forward with with investments, with life, with with anything is, you know, move forward, take opportunities. You know, whether that's taking the opportunity to to buy a property, to go for a run, um, to eat healthy at lunch, <laughs> uh, no matter what it is. Um, you know, there's there's always there's always an option there. Um, and I think if I go back ten years ago, the advice I give myself is do do what do what makes you feel feel good. You know, do do the uh, do the right thing. It's always going to be right. Um, do the right thing, but um, you know, do do the thing that uh, do the thing that you're going to thank yourself for. I think in ten years. The, always, always keep in the back of your mind. I think um, sometimes the easiest way is not always the best way, um, and that's often, often the case. It's the opposite. <laughs> With buying his dream home on the horizon, he has a lot to be excited about in the near future. Leveraging that to purchase more property uh, certainly is something that uh, I would love, love to do, um, and. Helping clients as well. Um, at, at the moment, you know, there's lendings coming back, uh, coming back hard. Property, you know, property prices are surging. They're going up. Um, there's confidence in, in the market again. I know, you know, speaking to speaking to a developer yesterday, um, you know, they've they've gone from 14 sales. Last January to uh, 54 sales um, this January past, so clearly, <laughs> um, you know, 500% up sort of thing. Is uh, there's confidence everywhere in the market? Brisbane, particularly um, at the moment, there's a lot of a lot of um, great opportunities uh, in Brisbane. Uh, so over the next over the next couple of years, it'll be uh, very much focused on. Um, if it's left in a couple of years, basically collecting whatever's left over in terms of the leftover stock for the damn good pricing, might I add it, uh, might I add it, um, and moving forward, then trying to trying to capture off the plan opportunities early, um, and probably now is a, a great time uh, to look at them. So you're getting into the market. Today um, and not having to pay for it until you know tomorrow or a couple of years down the track. I think that's certainly um, certainly what I'm most looking forward to. So looking forward to I guess the um, the the opportunities that will come uh, come out of the next uh, the next five years in terms of uh, what's coming onto to the market in in Brisbane, Sydney, and Melbourne. Thank you to John Russell, our guest on this episode of Property Investory.